0: Hi, this is Ash with The Wizard's Respite. I'm here with Zachariah from Old Man Gaming. And this is the Torum. We are going to be diving deep into TTRPG games. This week is is Zach's pick. Uh, Last week we did uh, my pick, which was the um, Sunfish sitting there. This week he's bringing in – well, let me – why don't we ask Zach what, uh, what he's bringing in. Zach, what, uh, what do we got today?
1: I am bringing in the uh, older than dirt game uh, Marvel superheroes, but the OG TSR. Now, just to give you a little heads up, everybody out there who isn't ancient like myself, uh, back in the day there wasn't this weird universal th- uh, universal system theory that they got going on now where, like, if you buy a game from a company, it has to work on the exact system that that game works on so that they're all compatible. Back in the day, they just, hey, you want to make a game? Make a game, and that system is that. So this is from TSR, the original people who did the original Dungeons & Dragons. It looks nothing like that system-wise. Uh, at all doesn't look anything like that. So totally, yeah, but yeah, Marvel Superheroes is the, the the game I picked. This was a, uh, a a very formative game for me in my 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 gaming um, my gaming lifespan. Uh, so where yeah. do you want to start? You want to start on a system? Like what do you want to start on? Um,
0: well, uh, shoot. That's a good question. Why don't we? Uh, why don't, why don't you lead on this one? This you, okay. th- you're more familiar with this game okay. than I am, and I'm probably going to be picking your brain on a couple of questions, um, on on this one because I haven't played this game before. Read okay. through the manual. Um, really liked it. Lots of things I like about it. But uh, why, don't, why don't you you take the lead and and we'll go from there.
1: Found it at a garage sale when I was uh I want to say like 19. I uh, purchased it for like five bucks and uh, started playing it with my friends group of friends um it is very interesting because I don't know if you guys can see how thin this bad boy is it is uh, let me just look here it is only 64 pages and that includes like a a few like starter mission things uh, so the system is incredibly rules light. But also kind of covers everything in a very simple, discrete system. So, to go over it, you create a character, a superhero, who has a few stats. Um, uh, let me see which what, what the what the statters were. I can never remember what the actual stats were until I look at them in any game. So you got I had like yeah. fighting, agility, strength, endurance, reason, intuition, psyche. That was your. Those were your stats. And then you would give them a rating, okay? And I I did not recall character creation. I didn't go back to character creation, guys, just because I wanted to discuss the system more on this one. Um, but the rating would be from uh, Feeble... Po- fee- it all had like weird terminology too. It wasn't really yeah. like scored. It was feeble, poor, typical, good, excellent, remarkable, incredible, amazing, monstrous, unearthly, and then you get into some weird ass shit like shift X, shift Y, shift Z, class Jeez. 1,000, class 3,000, class 5,000, which are like your like big interstellar, yeah, yeah, like Star Thanos, yeah, 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 those, those big, uh, you know, <laughs> Eternals and stuff. Uh, and, and how this game would work is very simple. It, it will take almost no time to explain it. What you would do is anything you did in the game was what was called a feat, feat check. And then what you would do is, depending on the stat that was related to the feat check, you would consult this little <coughs> chart. I'm going to show it to you. Wizard can't see us, so he's going to have uh, to to look back at the video. But this is the chart right here. It was on the back of the book. That's right, the back of the book. Like, you got this out of a cereal box. But it was out of of the back of the book. And then along the top, you would have all your stats. And then you would pick your stats. So, like, you'd pick, like, incredible right here, right? And then you'd roll a percentile die for your feet. And then depending on where it landed, you would get how good it was. A green feet was usually okay, Yellow feet was good job. And red feet was like, you nailed it. Nailed, knocked it out of the park. Um, with that being said, uh, that was it. That was like the entire game. The the other things that you could do is uh, there was what's called column shifts. which So like if I was the game master and I was like, this thing is difficult to do for you uh, because your arm is hurt or something, I would say it's a minus two column shift to the – to the strength feat that you're trying to do. And then, so if you were at an amazing, it would drop you down two to remarkable. And then that's the chart you would roll on. Uh, I could also do the intensity of the feat as a judge. So I could say, all right, this is an intense thing. And then you need more than a green. You need a yellow to actually accomplish it because because it, it's bigger than that. Uh, and then the fighting was very simple. It was kind of the same thing. It was, it was contested like greed yellow, reds. Uh, And the person attacking got to decide how they were attacking and what they were attacking with stat wise, which I thought was always unique and kind of cool. So like if I'm charging you, it would be an endurance based attack. But if I'm like, if I'm straight brawling you, then it's fighting. But if I'm doing some sort of weird like acrobatic attack, then it's oh no, shooting you, then it would be like agility. So like there was all these different ways to attack somebody. So it was like it was like somebody took one rule, just like one rule, and then they found a way to apply everything to it and kind of build this house on it, which is one of my favorite things in games. Like I love games that have strong, simple foundations that you can then build like a castle on top of, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, I, yeah, I definitely see that um, with this because, and, and you can kind of see that the in the writing itself and how they put the, 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 the explanation of this together, it, yeah. it almost starts that way where, mm-hmm. you know, it starts with the very basic, this is how you do it. And then everything that stacks on top of that, it, it just sort of makes sense. It, it just sort of, as you move through it, kind of uh, just builds and builds and builds, but nothing is confusing. It's all like right. kind of in line with each other. That it's is kind of hard to describe, but I mean, just the way you just described how yeah. you, you roll your combat is how you build a character.
1: This is absolutely if if you're out there and you're like, uh, I have a kid who wants to play a game. Uh, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of TTRPGs right now that are geared for younger children, um, but if you this this one works because it's, it's literally the simplest system that they have to understand. It's two dice. Uh, you know, everything's very simple and straightforward, but you still get that, like, role-playing game feel where you actually, you know, have a character, you have stats uh, that you actually work off of, and you can see how your character's better or worse than other people's characters. Um, what I also liked about it is it makes it very phonetic and quick. There's there's Nothing takes a long time. And... The the other thing I kind of want to delve into that is kind of a lost art in RPGs, I've always thought this, even with my RPGs, I tend to nowadays in my old age subscribe to that kind of uh, one system to rule them all kind of theory. Um, But back when I was younger, when I was younger and stupider and more creative and experimental, I had kind of a, uh, a rule, a golden rule when I was doing homebrews. And that was when I made a game... The mechanics had to make you feel like you were doing the thing, even though you weren't doing the thing. So, if you were having a sword fight, yeah. it had to feel like a sword fight. If you were having a martial arts fight, it had to feel like a martial arts fight. Of course, this is impossible to do because, like, if you're doing a system commercially, like, <laughs> the whole system engineers towards a kung fu fight. Well, what happens when somebody shoots a gun? And what happens when somebody's trying to, like, climb a rooftop and stuff like that when right. your entire system is about one thing, but this game kind of does that because if you read comic books uh, at all in your life, and I've read a ton of comic books, I have a comic book collection I am a reformed comic book addict um, <laughs> I don't do it anymore <laughs> um, but uh, uh, one thing you notice is the fights are not long, like they feel long because you're reading them, but they're not long they're just like three or four punches in a panel you know what I mean, and then it's over because you only have a few panels to do the fight with. Uh, and this game kind of is that. It's like here's this blow, here's this other blow, here's this other blow. Storyline moves on, you know. And uh, it, it simulates. It makes you feel like you're in a comic book, which not a lot of games do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, those are really good points. And I didn't know you're you're another reformed uh, comic book. It's sad, um, man. I I am right there with you. I <laughs> I was I think it's 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 the thing. It gets to a point where it's like, wow, man, I It's not so much that I have to grow up. It's just that I did grow up and mm-hmm. I can't do it anymore. And I want to, but
1: it's too much money. It's too it's much so money. It's
0: man. Not only
1: that, here's the biggest problem. I, can I tell you the biggest problem I have with comic books since we're already digressing? Uh, it's 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 Jason. <laughs> Jason, my biggest problem with comic books is nothing ever moves forward. You know, uh, right? Like, like, like Batman at this particular juncture is a forty-one-year-old man who somehow has five fully adult children that he raised as orphans, and are, like nothing yeah. moves forward. It it gets stuck in time, and it just keeps repeating itself. And so there's a point where if you're a comic book collector and a long-term comic book collector, and obviously not everybody has this experience because I know people who have collected comic books their entire life and will continue to collect comic books their entire life, but if you're if you're a collector, there's a point where you're like, okay, we've been here before and I don't want to do this a- again, you know what I mean? Right. And like it, it just keeps kind of going secular, which is one of the things that I've always – like they never stick to it when they change things, like – when Batman finally retired after Bane broke his back and Dick Grayson took over. Oh wow, yeah. That only lasted like half a year and then they switched it back to to Bruce. Like he found a way yeah. to get better. And I'm like, you gotta commit to that. I know the sales go down, but otherwise you just end up with Bruce Wayne again and again and again. Um, and I think that like that's something that that made me walk away from comic books was the stories became so loopy that i'm like I, nothing nothing moves forward nothing moves forward ever you know
0: yeah i can see that and then and then on the other side you do have like um that's the the big you know superhero comics and the and which is you know definitely a thing mm-hmm. um and you have legacy like storylines going back to the 70s and they right. try to time in and all this crazy stuff and it gets a little convoluted but then you also right. have like the more indie stuff
1: Right, which, which I tend to like. I like the one-off stuff or the, the stories that do push forward a little bit. But, you know, if you're talking mainstream comics, it's just always yeah. – especially when they start tying yeah, stuff yeah, in no from point. the 70s. I'm like, okay, so he's 40, but he was alive and fighting crime in 75? Like, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, this doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, yeah. The last run I collected was the IDW – teenage mutant ninja turtles run which is absolutely stellar and honestly after after that one got to like 60 I was like I've collected the best and they handed it off I was like I've collected the best run in comic book history in my opinion I'm going to step away from it um but yeah you're but back on this game like it's just yeah. like back that's <laughs> <laughs> well we're going to digress guys everybody's tired we're going to digress today yeah. yeah it's the way it's the way it works uh, but and yeah, it's
0: comic books. It's hard not to digress with comic books, even is. TTRPG. It's extremely
1: hard um, with Marvel superheroes. So I picked this up at a garage sale. Um, I read it in like I, I want to say like an hour, and then I was like, okay, let's do this. And uh, I I started running it for uh, for my friends at the time. I don't think I even talked to any of those friends anymore, which is weird. Uh, we just grown apart, but. Uh, um, yeah, I just started playing it with him and then I was that was the game. Everybody was playing that game. That was the one one we did. That's what we were doing. We were having phone conversations about it. We were talking about it all the time and it's just it's because I think the game itself allows you such access, such simplistic ass access to just create a world that you don't have to worry about the stats anymore. You can just worry about the game and the, and the world and what you're doing with it. Um, yeah. And, and I, I really like it. I really, I've always liked it. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some things we're going to talk about that I don't like about it. But, uh, but yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and, and to go off that, that last uh, point, you know, um, TSR mm-hmm. uh, produced this. TSR also produced the original Dungeons & Dragons, oh, which G- I know G- you're G- not a fan of, the way back in the day stuff, yeah. But there was one thing that I noticed that, you know, a lot of um, OSR guys would also kind of talk about those those older games, is that there's, like you were saying, there's not as much emphasis on, on stat building and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and there's more emphasis on problem solving. Yeah, old school D and D had that. A D and D had that. Uh, the OSR is is really big about that, mm-hmm. about more role playing your problems yeah. and then just rolling a stat for it, and that's definitely seen here. Uh, almost even like you were saying, I uh, even more stream way more streamlined than than D and D was. That came mm-hmm. out of the same era or a little before this. Yeah, same company, same group of guys made it, but this one. It's more of a hot ride you know yeah yeah it Um, is
1: it is it gets you there fast
0: yeah and and you know after character completion is done um which is always you know a little bit more of a cumbersome part of the book where you're really trying to figure out what's going on yeah everything like and it's not even that cumbersome for this book Mm -mm. uh by the way but everything is super super fast from that point like i was reading through how you roll through these things and it's like It's not going to take anything like it's really it's really if anything, it's going to be really on the GM or the judge, as they they call it in this book Mm -hmm. um, to to really come up with some cool ideas for your characters to to encounter. Yeah, because it's going to move fast. You're going to you're going to get through a lot of you're going to get through a comic book in one session.
1: Well, and and superheroes are like wrestling. So I've always been a pretty good game master of superheroes. Uh, And anybody out there who thinks otherwise, uh, you are one hundred percent wrong. Superheroes (laughs) are like wrestling. Is is basically comic books with rules with uh, a fake sports that. It It is. Nobody ever goes away. The same bad guys keep coming back up. Sometimes the bad guys go good. Sometimes the good guys go bad. Like it's the same. It's the same kind of plot line. It's who is your hero fighting this week? Uh, Their
0: costumes aren't even that
1: different. <laughs> no, exactly. You've got superheroes in wrestling. Yeah, I think that like and that's just something that like it always translated well to me because I was very I was, I was always very good at telling long form uh conflict between two characters, you know what I mean? Like villains and hatred. And it was always really I always had a lot of fun with that. Uh and uh and and this just like it emulates it. I think that well, man, I was gonna say something, and then I lost my train of thought there. That's fun. Um, I think that, like the, the this game, the, it, it's interesting in the gaming world because you have this like kind of circular loop too. Because you you go back to those old games like TMNT we were recently playing, which is a a relatively right. stat heavy game when you when you think about the character creation, but they don't even have a way to roll a skill che- like a stat check. There's no attribute check in there. There's like a right. couple of saving throws, but there's no way for me to do an awareness check because they were so like, role play it out. Role play yeah. it out. Um, and, yeah. and, and and the Marvel superheroes is like that. And then D&D, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons came out. And really that began the kind of gatekeeper stat-heavy thought process of games uh, of of tabletop games it became it became like a lot of juicy numbers and math and if you yeah. were a casual you were fucking out of there the minute somebody tried to explain thaco to you like it was just <laughs> it was just a nightmare um and and then a lot of the games that came out after that were those kind of stat heavy things and now we're back into the the world now where we've kind of gone back to the role play stuff with like fate core uh and like monster of the week and stuff of the more uh, or the journaling games that are everywhere it's it's stuff that's much more about the role playing than the actual system like the system is the means to get you to the to the playing pretend that's that's what it is you know
0: and that's what like a lot of the the old school revival sort of um, group is, is really pushing for that is kind of going back to the like like this like like it's really about you know thinking through and yeah d- uh, death is such a big thing in these types of games mm-hmm. um, when you don't have all those stats to depend on you're you're if you walk into a game like that you better believe there's a chance a good yeah. chance of, of death. Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: and I, I've always liked that. That's always something that's attracted to me in in gaming is the severity or the looming of death. I've I've never, I don't think I've ever game mastered a game where there wasn't like a looming fear of yeah. ceasing to be. And I I always wanted that. Like even in the even in the wrestling games I've made, there there's this mechanic that I always work in where you have to decide. When to tap out in a submission match, and if you don't, you can get an injury and actually have your wrestler get injured and not be able to play the game. Uh, Like I've always liked that, basically. basically. Yeah, and I've always liked that like looming feel, like because that's how it is, right? Like if you're if you're putting on tights and you're going (laughs) into a battle with a guy called the Hobgoblin, you gotta expect that this dude is trying to kill you. You gotta feel like this dude's trying to kill you. Yeah, and like it doesn't like. There's a lot of things nowadays that shelter you from that in uh, in games, and uh, I, I always liked when it's like, okay, my character can really just croak at any time. And I will say, AD and D was kind of severe too, back in the day. Like unless unless you were playing a fighter, like if I get hit with an arrow at level one, my head will literally explode. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's And some 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 of those. Some of those modules would have insane stats, where they would just throw you into like, "Hey, you're level <coughs> one. You can take on this monster that would give a party of level fours a really hard time." Yeah. And 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 possibly kill a couple of them off. Go for it. Ooh. But um, but um, so on this game on on Marvel superheroes, um, let me think. So. We, we talked about, like, the basic attributes. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the powers for a second, because I sure. thought that was kind of interesting how they put that together.
1: Yeah. I, the powers end up being very similar to just almost like extra stat points because you get the power, but then you actually get to assign to it one of those ratings, those column shift ratings, basically. Right. Uh, and while some powers will, like, give you column shifts when you're fighting... Uh, depending on it, it still all depends on, like, so, like, if you have claws, they're incredible or feeble or something like that. And then that will actually, uh, you know, assist you in the fighting. It'll give you combat uh, uh, column shifts when you're fighting and stuff like that. It still comes back to that single role. Like, that's really what they like to do with it uh, at the end of the day.
0: The thing that I thought was kind of cool about it was like what you're saying—it just sort of stacks. This is a good example of how it mm-hmm. just sort of stacks. It's the same rule. Yeah. Just you get a different way of using it. Yeah. Uh, because it's just that that same chart that you're rolling on. Like you're doing every single thing else, except mm-hmm. now you have another ability, a special power. Maybe it's flight. Maybe it's you know laser beams or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. And, and, but it, it feels exactly the same like everything else you're doing when you're rolling it, you don't have to think twice, you're already in the groove, you're already yeah. in the roll. Um, but it also allows you to do that role playing thing a little bit more because now you have something unique. You have a, yeah. a way of solving your problems because you have, you know, the ability to climb up walls mm-hmm. or see through walls or just blow through a wall. Yeah. Um, and, and now you can think about what that would do and what those consequences would be.
1: Yeah. Um, it's almost like pre fake Core in a way. Like it, it, a, a lot of your powers are almost ways to role-play the situation better. Uh, not, not necessarily like, oh, this is a, a thing that I can activate to get a plus on a thing. It, it's more like, Dude, you can leap and right. wall crawl. So role play with that wall crawling. You know what I mean. What are you gonna do about it? Right, right. And, and, and I, I do like that. I again, I also like how they break down like uh, the resources and popularity in this game. Uh, this game actually has a, a very big like, re- like the resources aren't really an amount of money, but it's like attached to your character, and it role plays out like what you're able to acquire in the game. Uh, Like, your resources will be a number, and you have to, like, roll against it to try and, like, well, I want to get this. Okay, well, roll against your resources. Oh, you don't have the money, or you don't have the time, or you don't know the person. Uh, And then the popularity I've always enjoyed because that kind of, like, allows you the ability to, like, get more karma, which is the advancement of this system, this game system, is that as you do things, they all have karma attachments to them. So as you do heroic things, you acquire karma points. Like I saved a bystander today. I get 25 karma points or whatever. And karma points can allow you to increase your stats uh, over a very long period of time. But you can also spend them on a one-for-one basis to actually add to your rolls uh, when you're rolling. So it kind of makes it this weird, tricky, like, do I save it or do I punch this guy's head off? You know, like something like that
0: yeah i could that's that's the kind of thing where like you know it builds that suspense and that anxious like what do i do what do i do you know which which gets your heartbeat going which makes these things so much fun um having to make that call in the moment too because you're when when you're making that call it's it's because you're falling off of a building and you don't have the flight power and the guy that does have the flight power uh is being attacked by whoever and and now you have to decide yeah do you what do you do about it?
1: <laughs> I also love how many things they mark as optional in this game. Uh, it's actually marked next to character advancement, optional. Uh, optional. Like, what kind of game? <laughs> what role-playing game doesn't have advancement in it? And this one was like, eh, yeah, who cares? Uh, the same with popularity. It's, it's optional. I think that a lot of their base rules were kind of like weirdly optional, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I also like the fact that they have charts in the back for generating the characters, which is basically like you just generate them from start, which is going to lead into my, my, my rant about how to game master the best superhero game, um, in my opinion, uh, whenever we get around to it. Do you want to do that first? Do you want to do the, 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 okay. All right.
0: Since you mentioned that last week, I've been, I've been and then I read this over I've been, I'm really curious as to what you got
1: Okay, so here's how I did it uh, I did it a, a few times not just with Marvel, I then homebrewed a couple of systems to play with friends for superheroes when I decided to move it out of the Marvel Universe uh, because we originally started a Marvel Universe but the, uh, the building blocks of it came from this game all right, so here's the thing about superhero games and the way a lot of people run it and how I feel that's a mistake. And again, guys, I'm not I'm I'm a relatively humble man. I'm a very stupid man, so like if you disagree, that's you're probably right and I'm probably wrong. This is just for <laughs> me the most fun I've ever had doing this. So, I really wanted to attach the players to the characters. I also wanted the players to uh, feel like they were in a comic book. So, what I did was right off the bat, uh, okay, let me start a different place. The thing that I don't like that a lot of people will run a superhero game is they will start all the players in a group. Don't do this. And here's why. When you're reading a, a comic book, like it's a power fantasy, but it's a power fantasy of a personal level. The best comic book stories are personal comic book stories. They're not... A, it, it, you're not going on a dungeon crawl. You're not a group of chosen warriors to take a ring into a volcano. That's not what this is. What it is, is your... The best superhero stories is you trying to live a life as a person who also decides to put on spandex and fight crime at night. And that's that's where it gets really interesting. Uh, but I wanted people to really connect with that. So what I would do is I said, nobody gets to make a character... Instead, you play yourself. And you play yourself starting. Everything in your life has happened up until the point that you start playing this game. At that point, the character in the game is going to have a completely different experience from the character outside of the game. So, like, let's say you, Ash. I would say, Ash, you're going to play this game. Everything that's happened in your life has happened so far. But you are Ash in the game. You also don't get to know your power because no superhero gets to know their power. The only thing I would allow players, because I don't want to give people a power they don't want, you know. So the only thing I'd give, uh, allow players is I'd allow power request. Like, what sounds cool to you? What would you have fun with? And then you can submit that to me. And then okay. basically what I would then do is I would sculpt an issue of a game with a cover. So basically I would read it to you as if it was panels... Like the the same way I'd be like this is what happens in this panel you're in this panel and then this happens in this panel and right off the bat I would say it would be issue number what uh, I would say I would say what the cover looks like so you could see the cover of your own comic book in your head so you're immediately you're seeing yourself in this comic book that's how you need to you need to do it but the key the key is they're all one on one sessions. All of them in the beginning. It has to be. It has to be about the person and their own personal origin story. How do they get the power? How do they end up starting to fight crime? What happens to them that makes them do that? Do they become a villain? Do they become a hero? Like, allow the player to be himself in that comic book world and then move forward with it. I think that, like... So so, what I would do... Is as especially with people I didn't know that well I'd be like all right if you want to play this game I have to interview you and then I would go over and I would ask you things about your life what's your life been like up until now what kind of girlfriends have you had what like what's your what's your personal like like questions not super heavy but like what do you believe in what, stuff like that and then I'd go home and I'd tailor their storyline so that i know them so i'm like okay well now i know this person and i can kind of play this person in the game and i can get them into this into this world that way then what you do is once they're all established you establish them all in the same shared universe kind of like an mcu and let them go to town because they're going to fight with each other they're going to create Avengers teams out of each other. And then and then what you have is you have this dynamic where you can play with one person if they're there, or you can play with two people if they're there, or you can play with all of them if they're there. And what I would do... <laughs> sorry, I'm on a tangent now, because this is yeah. this is no, probably this, the best this thing this I've ever game mastered. It's probably the best thing I've ever game mastered. When I was way younger and had way more time, it was not a family man, and I was single, and I lived in a house with my buddy... <laughs> Uh, what what I this got so popular that what I would do is that I, I had 14 players at any one time, and then Sunday I would wake up at 8 a.m. and everybody I would ask everybody when when can you be there, what's your best time, and then I would schedule them like like I had a schedule book and I would write them in, and then basically for the first four hours of the day I had. Scott, Marie, and Isaac. And then what I would do is they would sit down. I would run an issue with Scott. Then I'd run an issue with Marie. Then I'd run an issue with Isaac. And I'd just keep rotating. And I'd get through about three or four books of each of them. And then they would go just as three more people were arriving. And then I'd start running them. And then I'd ha- just have a- – and basically Sunday from 8 a.m. till about 9 p.m. at night was just comic, Back- comic, yeah. comic, 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 And I had just had this huge notebook Not – I'd write down because one comic book is actually a short amount of information if you really look at it. So I just write down I'd ri- I'd write down basically two paragraphs. It be two paragraphs. This is what's going to happen in this comic book. Uh, this is the thread da. and then see what happened with it and then move on to somebody else and run through a storyline that way. And then eventually they would end up meeting up with each other. They end up fighting with each other. It was it was so much fun. Um, you
0: you made an MCU basically, like yes. you made a universe. Um, I've actually
1: I've actually done this three different times. Uh, the first time was with Marvel, and it's so interesting because you have players that like they're like they've got to be the alpha dogs. So they they start like forming the Avengers. I had this one guy talking about the original, the Marvel. I had uh, uh, one guy who just he he basically Game Mastered the entire game for me because he got so obsessed with it that he would drag people over and he would, like... His character would show up everywhere and be like, hey, join my team. And so much shit happened to him. And it was just like... So, like, you had this guy who was just dragging them together. Uh, Then you had other people who were, like... Who hated being with anybody else. They would stay away from everybody and fight other superheroes. Uh, And then I had a couple people who... Literally became villains, which made me very scared to be friends with them. But literally became villains, uh, and it's just so. But what attaches the players to it? I know I've been on this rant for a really long time, but I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, what a The fact that they're them though, it attaches them to it, even though they don't look anything like themselves. You know, twenty comics in, it it makes everything. Feel more real to the player when you're pretending to be you in the game on purpose so you know the people around you are dying or the people around you are struggling it's not a character that you could disassociate with it's you it's you yeah the person and it it just even though you don't think it does the minute you start playing it it just hits home harder and because of that people just got into it and if you ask me, everybody out there trying to run a superhero game, try it this way. You don't have to do the reality-based thing, but try to make it, like, solo their own games and slowly bring them together. I'm telling you, you're going to get some really, really exciting uh, exciting stuff from it. Like I said, I, I ran it three times. My crowning achievement was uh, the third time around I actually had... On a Sunday, fourteen people involved in the same storyline, uh, and each one of them went through their own sections of the same crossover uh, <laughs> over the course God, of that dude, day. It's, it's like yeah. a comic. <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Um, it was absolutely amazing. So so yeah. So that's that is that is where I have come with the theory for the best superhero game game mastering techniques ever. I think it's it's got to be personal gotta be personal
0: so um i really uh i really (laughs) think that idea actually um i've been i've been looking forward to hearing your your breakdown on this especially (laughs) after i read this this game and the cool thing is about your breakdown in this game that i'm I'm, I'm seeing here is this game moves so fast that you can go through so many issues so quickly Mm -hmm. you know um and, and there's such a high level of risk, like, when you are, you know, attaching yourself, like you were saying, to your, your characters, I can definitely see the anxiety coming up, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, if you just think about it, like, an easy move for a, uh, uh, a GM to do in that moment would be, all right, you know, the, the uh, Dr. Octopus has you pinned just right before you do your next move in the moment. It flashes in front of your eyes. What your mother would do if she found out that you were killed. If you were this X Y Z superhero, it 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 drives you to get out of this situation. And you know you're you're thinking about your mom or something. You know, like exactly. That's that's hard, man.
1: You're actually attaching it to real life people. You're not attaching it to a character that you're not. It's not fiction anymore, even though it is. the other really cool stuff is when you play in the Marvel universe and you're using yourself, uh, it makes it really interesting, especially when you're messing with the Marvel universe, because I, I had one guy end up becoming Spider-Man, like (laughs) like Peter Parker died and handed the mantle off to him to become Spider-Man, like in the storyline. We also, there used to be this miniature game called hero clicks that we all got obsessed with for a while. Uh, I'm not going to go into it, but it was basically like little collectible miniatures of superheroes from Marvel. And we would do like, we would do like Heroclix tournaments and the prize of the Clicks tournaments was I would write up a questionnaire of story stuff, like world building story stuff for the Marvel game. And if you won, you got to decide how all those things happened, like... Like, who's the next Sorcerer Supreme? Who's this? Like, And then you get to decide it. And then that I would have to, like, the world would change based on that. So, like, everybody just really got into the game. Just really got into the game. Um, oh, and and I'm, I'm telling you, I think I, it's one of my, my most, like, my highest accomplishments, accomplishments as a game master was uh, the superhero. The superhero theory. Zach superhero theory, coin in and out, the ZST there. Uh. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that. And, you know, it clearly works.
0: And, um, yeah, man, like, that sounds like such a fun table to play at with all of those people running through there. Again, I I see what you're saying. Like, that's a a young man's game. (laughs) It's a young man's game, yes.
1: I I was young... And full of self-loathing. That's the kind of guy you need <laughs> running a game like that. Uh, <laughs> a eh,
0: touch of bitterness. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It it was it it was it was really great. I I've always liked it too because like I very rarely had uh, women at my table, which is just a big bummer for me. I always want more women at my table just to like shake things up. You know what I mean? Uh, because when it's all guys, things tend to get fighty real fast um and that was one of the only games that I actually attracted female players to it uh and held their their interest harder to do it (laughs) yeah and it was just I was just so I was so proud of myself in that there was there was a girl there uh her name was Marie uh she she I don't think she's ever played a game since Honestly, she's only the I mean, well, maybe not since. I don't know what she's playing now, but she hadn't really played role playing games before that. Uh, she saw us playing it, kinda of got interested, and I started running it for her. And I I've never run a game for I've never seen her play another game other than that. And that was just something that was so like gave me so much pride, you know what I mean? That yeah. I was like, Yeah, that hell yeah. I I got a, I got a couple of girls into that one and uh I I very rarely get the ladies in, and it sucks because I wish I had I I had some more ladies in there. You know, just just because guys want to kill it, everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it does definitely bring a different a different energy and different dyma- mm-hmm. dynamic when you have a a group of uh, men and women playing yes, in this yeah. world together. Yeah, it's and it's not even like. I mean, like, I one of the, the girls at my table, she is violent as, as hell, <laughs> ready to kill everything. But she also is an excellent role player, and right. she is really sharp, really witty. Uh, she's always the one pushing the party into these weird situations because she's really good at, at her role playing. That's awesome. And um, it's just a different energy when you get, like, that group together versus where guys sometimes get a little narrow focused in on on yeah certain aspects like violence or stack building if you're in that stat, yeah yeah stat
1: building it's it's not even necessarily the gender specific stuff it's 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 almost more because like i any woman can be just as violent as any guy player and sure, fo- yeah. and any guy player could be just as Whatever you think about woman, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, usually when I'm playing, I'm the most sensitive player at the table because I'm playing with a bunch of guys and they all want to kill everything. And I'm like, let's talk to it. Like, I, so, like, in that respect, I don't think that that's necessarily like, like, it doesn't really matter on that. It's just, they seem less likely to play, you know, <laughs> like, they seem yeah. harder to find. And, like, that always, like, made me proud is that I was like oh man I got this the the other thing is too inherently you're you're speaking a different language in a lot of ways you know what I mean
0: yeah like I don't want to get in
1: trouble for anything I'm saying but like I could never place myself in a woman's shoes because i that's it's too like I can try I could be as empathetic as anybody out there we're, we're both
0: married men right we've both had conversations with our wives right that we're right. just like oh okay I
1: don't, I don't know I, I don't I don't know why you think that way but yeah <laughs> and I'm I'm positive or that it's the sa- yeah I'm positive it's the same way I know 100 percent I've watched my wife's eyes when she looks at me after I've said something and just I could tell that she's like what the fuck is wrong with you? But like... <laughs> yeah. But like, that being said, it, so it's it's a point of pride when I can role-play for that. Like, I can provide an experience for them that they feel so engrossed, you know, that it's that, so connected with. Especially on yeah. the level of this kind of thing because, again, she didn't play... She, she was playing... Other people were there. But she was alone. It was personal experience for her. She wasn't, like, in a group... It was just her, so I had to provide a realistic experience for her and her alone. Yeah. And that's that's just always a point of pride for me. I just always feel very proud that. of that. And I, I
0: say, you know, like I always – I sometimes will ask, you know, content creators and, and writers, you know, what what is your favorite uh, GM tool? You know, my personally is empathy because yeah. you're trying to figure out how to make the game – fun for your players so you yeah. have to know what fun is for those players mm-hmm. and that requires empathy and and so it sounds like yeah you you just with that with your player and your players here with that gr- gr- uh big group that you had together It sounds it, it requires a lot of empathy to be able to manage all of those desires needs and still make it challenging it's not just to give them everything kind of game
1: mm-hmm. you're you're speaking my language right now i mean i know we've digressed pretty far but I do enjoy our digressions on this show I feel now we're that like
0: the mechanics of yeah in, in general <laughs> I
1: empathy for me is like the great lost art in the world and I think that like if everybody experienced it we wouldn't be in such on on every side of every aisle and every table if everybody would just try to put themselves in the other person's shoes things would just get so much better and and as a game master that's something you've got to remember is that you're not there to tell them your story. You're there to help them write theirs. And I've been (laughs) in groups. Yeah. I've been in groups where it's like, I can't talk my way out of a situation that I, I might be able to, or I can't find a peaceful solution because the game master won't make it possible because the game master has decided it's impossible. And like, that kind of thing when I'm a game master I try to avoid. Uh, like, if I'm playing with two, like, I've game mastered two guys who, who are relatively redneck as redneck can be. And when I tailored that game, I tailored that more towards what they'd want to play, you know. And, and you've got to remember as a game master, like... Yeah, you have to put yourself in their shoes. No matter how hard that is, no matter how much you disagree with them, uh, you have to try and be. Uh, you have to because they're not there to listen to what you have to say. They're there right. to escape from whatever they're dealing with. You know what I mean?
0: And as a as a game master, you're playing the game as well, and that mm-hmm. is the fun part for me as a game master. Yeah um because they're they're trying to figure out how to accomplish a goal i'm trying to figure out how to make whatever that goal is challenging fun and interesting so we're both having fun they're trying to accomplish something i'm trying to accomplish something right um but it requires that It's, it's not telling like you were saying just telling them your story right it's working with them and trying to solve a a make a fun moment with them right? Uh, it's a
1: collaborative experience the The roles should be deciding the failure, or the possibility of it, not you as the game master you as the game master, as long as the idea is presented to you in a logical right. kind of way it should be possible because yeah, even though okay, so like Guy A comes up with a really good way to talk to the Cthulhu monster that's trying to kill everybody and try to like communicate with them as a game master you're like well this monster was like a pure evil monster in my head he was there to kill everybody but the minute he presents that to you that's what he's trying to accomplish and you should try to make that slightly possible like make it hard definitely make it hard but be like hey okay here's what here's what happens and then try and roll with that instead of just saying you can't talk to this you have to kill it you know what i mean or or vice versa you know like i think that like that is something that, that I- any game master out there, if you want to be good... Well, if, I don't want to say if you want to be good, because I'm not good. But if, if you want if you want players... I've been
0: playing under a couple of your games now. You're a pretty good game master. I don't know
1: about that. I don't know about that. I, you're, just give the players what they want. Or at least if you can't give them what they want, let them fail to accomplish what they want. Don't right. block it. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody comes at you with like, "I want to try this," let them try it. You don't have to make it easy, but let them try it. Uh, Don't organically say no. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for
1: sure. Should we do what we don't like about this game because we've been ranting? We have been. We should probably get to the
0: nitpicking. (laughs) Um. All right. I love this so though. It, we
1: both came into this like this is going to be the crappy show because we're both tired, and I I find the conversation we've already had to be some of the best stuff we've had so far in our episodes.
0: Yeah. Once you get into it, once you start nerding out, the the batteries get recharged. Some of the Yeah.
1: Yeah. They do. They do real fast.
0: Okay. Um. Let's see. Nip. Why don't you go first? I don't have a lot of nitpicks on this one. It's I...
1: pretty really don't have a lot of nitpicks either uh, because I mean I guess the only nitpick that I would have is it's just a little bit on the side of too simple um, mm-hmm. while it is a foundation to build a castle on sometimes that castle seems a little bit hollow in its accomplishments uh, the, yeah. the, the strategy gets a little bit quick and easy and I think that if, if you're And this is real nitpicky, but unless you and your group are very good at situational role-playing, this could get really trady-punchy really fast with the combat, and I don't like trady-punchy. Right. Because you're very limited in what you can do, right? The scope of what you can do. You have a few powers, you have a few abilities, uh, you have your stats, and that's really it. So every round in a combat, you're doing the same thing. Right. Like there's not unless you're really role playing it, which awesome more props to you. But if you have some like less experienced role players, they're just gonna keep punching things, and uh, I I think that that could be a little bit of a problem. I would have liked a little bit more, uh, almost like if they could go into some uh, some some juicy mechanics on the role playing, kind of in the vein of like a fake core or something. I would have yeah. liked to see that a little bit.
0: Give, give, uh, so, yeah, you're right. You know, you can do um, just about anything you want. and I mean, like, your character can attempt anything pretty easily with this system without too much burden on the game master or the player to try and figure out, like, math and stats and all of that yeah. stuff and keep the game moving fast. But at the same time, it, it does have a certain degree of, of limitations when... Uh, trying to pick apart very specific like ideas and mm-hmm. stuff like that, things yeah. that you really want to do. Um, so I can I can definitely see that being a little bit of a a, a little a, a little bit of a drawback. Um, for for me, do you have anything else on on nitpicking? And there's there's
1: one other thing. Uh, when we did play this, I homebrewed a little system onto this because I noticed something with my players because. When I played the Marvel game, I had some power gamers in there. Um, more power to them, but you got to watch out for them because they're going to find a way to win every fight. Um, one thing they noticed is that it was way better to not actually use your karma to advance your character because your character starts out pretty decent, but instead to hoard your karma because there's no limit on the amount of karma you can spend on a roll. Oh. So what they would do is they would just apply 100 karma to any role they wanted to hit, and they would just hoard like 500 to 1,000 karma and then just be like, "Ah, I'm going to succeed this one, and then I'm going to succeed this one, and then I'm going to succeed this one. I got plenty. So what I did was I added what's called the black feet. So the way this works is you've got white feet, which means basically failure, green feet, which means you did okay unless unless it's intense, Uh, yellow feet, you accomplish it, red feet, you did great. Well, what i did was i said all right so if you spend enough karma to go all the way around into the green again so like so like say incredible your green feet starts at 31 to 35 that's where your green your green feet starts if you've got an incredible stat well if you spend enough karma and then roll your dice and you end up hitting 135, it's a Blackfeet, and something god-awfully terrible happens to your character. Like story-altering stuff. Unfortunately, this kind of had an adverse effect when I was playing because my players were absolute lunatics, so they would love to see whatever crazy shit I did to them because the Blackfeet still means you accomplished what you were trying to do. It's just something terrible fucking happens to you. So basically, every time I sat down to play, somebody blackfeeted, and I had to figure out some terrible thing to do. I had one turn into I had one I blinded a character, completely blinded a character. I had another one where he got poisoned and started to become the lizard. Like, it, oh my god, it it was cra- <laughs> like crazy, real high end stuff. But I had to find a way to limit that like yeah. excessive karma expenditure, which. In hindsight, I should have just said you can't spend more than fifty on a roll. But uh, yeah. still, still, or I, a I, ho- a day or something. right? I I I uh, uh, slapped on the Blackfeet as a homebrew, uh, but still, there there needs to be some sort of limiter for that that karma expenditure. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Um, I
1: didn't think about it either when I played. And man, yeah. <laughs> my players made me pay for that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's a that's a really interesting way of doing it, and it also like fits really well in line with um, uh, just comic books in general, because you know, there's so many situations where the com- the the hero sort of wins at a cost. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. um, and there's a tragic moment as a result of it. I've killed uh, so many
1: girlfriends. So I, many girlfriends. I was
0: just thinking of Quinn Stacy.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I had one player. He uh, was my best friend for a long time. His name's Scott. Oh, I shouldn't say his last name. I probably should cut that out. But his name's Scott, and I'll cut out the or bleep it. But I, he, uh, I, I think I killed four of his girlfriends, and he literally retired the character because <laughs> he didn't want to lose the last one. Like, he was like, I really like this one. I've been working with this one the entire game, and it was kind of like a Ross and Rachel will they, won't they? And he had plenty of girlfriends until then, and they had all gotten killed or become villains. And uh, uh, he literally was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to marry this girl. I was like, you you realize you can't play the character anymore? He's like, yes, this is my ending for this character. I was like, okay. And then every time he'd come over, he's like, should I pull bail out? And I was like, I'm going to kill your girlfriend. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, but that's the kind of stuff you get from the personal experience. Like, that's the only thing that's going to elicit that response is, like, if, yeah. if, if it's you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of
0: sense. That's awesome. Um, that's really awesome. I love that idea. That, uh, <laughs> I really like that way of limiting that mechanic and not, not having played this myself. I didn't even catch that as a possibility. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. We can
1: definitely add this to our future one-on-one sessions. I wouldn't mind running this again for you.
0: You know, I'd be pretty down with doing that. I think it, it's worth it. And I know that there's some, some old school guys that have played this, uh, as well. I've gotten, a, a little feedback saying, Oh, that's a, such a cool game. I'm glad you guys are doing it. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that'd be great. I think a lot of people would get get behind uh, seeing seeing this thing work.
1: To you old guys out there, if I said anything wrong about the system, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but if you're old, you know what I'm talking about. You never knew if you were playing the game right until you talked to somebody else who played it. And I never talked to anybody else who played it other than the people I had showed to play it. So, I could have gotten it all wrong. <laughs> Don't don't and hate that's, me. That's
0: the thing about those old games. You never know if you're actually playing it right It's not like you have like you no, can go on no. YouTube and watch 50 people mm-hmm. didn't play it. Nope. Uh. Nope. Nope, nope, uh. uh Okay So my nitpicking Yes um, So one thing that I felt was kind of lacking when I read this over and I was a little confused and maybe you can shed some light on this because you You GM this so much um, Wasn't
1: much for for villain creation? No, and actually um, that was something that always bothered me about it because you have this karma gain system, right, Uh, for, like, like the heroes. But there's no karma gain system for the villains. We did try to put in a system where, like, you would gain negative karma if you did bad stuff, uh, which was another... Honestly, I put it in as another way to limit excessive karma. So, like, if you failed to accomplish stuff, you would lose karma. If you did bad things, you lost karma. But to be a villain then, and to be competitive on the karma scale, you would just have to be just murdering people constantly. Like, it's so much easier to gain... Good karma than it is to gain bad karma in this game, not in real life, but in this game that you just, just yeah. be out there just stabbing people everywhere. Like, <laughs> I'm just
0: stab I'm, I'm always. You, so, like, all your villains become the Joker at this point. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. yeah So, I don't know that they could use a little bit more um, explanation on that. And, and honestly, there could have been a source book or two that I didn't get. Um, so yeah, there could there could be a system for that that I am not aware of. But again, five dollars at a garage sale, and I've only ever seen one other copy of it. It was a different version of it. It was the same rules and everything, but like different pictures and stuff. And yeah. uh, and and that's it. I've never seen another another copy of the game, honestly. And and
0: I I think my PDF is actually a slightly different version, but I I think it's the, pretty much the exact same yeah. thing. Like you were saying, different cover. Um, and I looked really hard at all. There was a bunch of different covers, but it was all pretty much the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Um, so I didn't see a lot when I was trying to, to obtain this one for myself. Um, so yeah, the, the villain creation process, like, I mean, that's, a good call. that would be my nitpicking. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really do, do GMs too many favors. Uh-uh. Um, that's probably the biggest one. This yeah. game sets out for, especially on the player side with with the exclusion of the villain thing, this pl- game sets out to accomplish something and it does it. And yeah. that's kind of my rubric for what makes a good game. Because uh, there's going to be somebody that likes that. I like yeah. it. I like how this works. Even if I didn't like it, um, it's still a com- I can tell that it accomplishes what it was trying to do. Yeah and
1: it's rife for homebrews because there's only 64 pages you could add any system you want to it that you can think of you know
0: and it's so simple and easy Mm -hmm. you're not sitting there with a piece of paper for like play and and a calculator for Mm -mm. years trying to just figure out the math on this yeah um the homebrewing aspect is 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 you can homebrew on the fly i I would imagine pretty pretty easily i mean every gm has to homebrew on the fly yeah um because somebody wants to do something crazy this this system really seems uh adequate and, and set up for that. So yeah. so yeah, it's just the villain creation that's kind of my my nitpick.
1: Well, in that case, you just have to tell me what game we're doing next time, man. That's all we got left to do. What's next uh what's time. your
0: choice? Next game. Uh You know what? To be honest with you, I hadn't thought about it.
1: Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh no, unprepared.
0: Let's see. Um, I completely forgot to get myself lined up for it. Uh, we've talked about a couple. You know what? Um, let's do uh, Lost Amongst the Starlit Wreckage.
1: Oh, okay. A journaling. Okay, another journaling. So another journaling. I'm going to have to uh, actually read you it could
0: get do, through it in... Um, I think if we did, it if we actually did it, uh, I, it takes maybe an hour. Plus. It's on our
1: list. It's on our list for the one-on-one sessions. Right yeah, now. we have yeah. a we have a, a queue. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Got to finish TMNT and then some for sitting there, and then Starlight Riggage and then <laughs> probably Marvel and something else. Yeah.
0: Uh, but I really like that game a lot. Um, it's got a lot of soul to it, and it's got a lot of opportunity to to cry. That, that game yeah. can make, if you play it a certain way, you could get somebody.
1: The waterworks would be available. <laughs> it's got that last tea shop effect right there. It does. Okay. It does. All right. Well, we'll talk about that next time, then. Um, do you got anything? Do you, you want to do plugs and wrap it up? Um yeah,
0: let's see let's see plugs. um Once you go first and I'll I'll, I'll uh, do mine
1: and we can wrap it up. All right, Mondays, I am having so much fun with this. If you're not watching it live, I get it because we stream at a real weird time because the schedule is 1 pm to 3 pm. Watch it in the back end. So I created a game. Well, I'm, I have a game company, Axiom Games LLC. I'm the founder of it. Uh, we have two games out so far. Uh, our most recent game is Getting Over, which is a wrestling simu- uh, wrestling promoter simulation journaling game. Which You play a wrestling promoter, then the game generates wrestlers for you. You book matches. You have to deal with weird stuff that comes your way. and It's just so much fun. I'm playing it right now with a buddy of mine named Josh. We play it every Monday. He has his own wrestling league. I have my own, and we kind of compete with each other. It is so much fun to do because you basically have to improv through a wrestling match it's just check it out check it out please i'm really proud of it uh other than that please check out myself and the guys sitting next to me wizard dressed right over here uh, because we are bi-weekly in astral drive another game that i'm looking to publish later this year but we are uh in a completely new sci-fi world uh he plays alfred whitecastle um and uh, uh, we also do a Philbilly330 from this channel and then A3DOs who I used to do uh, Star Trek Axiom with so Great. for the TTRPG stuff that's the TTRPG stuff please check those out, I really appreciate it and if you watch Getting Over or that sounds interesting to you it's on Through Games, just in the search engine, type in Getting Over, it is only $4 and if you purchase it please, please Either leave a review if you don't like it, telling me what you don't like about it, or rate it higher than a two. Thank you. Uh, that's all That's all my plugs for this.
0: Um. Okay, for mine, uh, uh, Wizards Respite is finally, I finally, after getting sick and getting back on track, have my, my data, have my first article written, about the the market the TTRPG market in and of itself I scraped a huge amount of data from from uh drive-through um I researched over 7000 books uh by genre uh 6000 books by product type and uh 1000 books from the community um creator uh, uh status I guess that they that they put on some of their books um and I have researched it. I have looked it through. It is ready to go. I'm going to be starting to release these this week. First one is kind of an introduction. And you will be basically talking about what the, the industry is doing, um, how to to look for you know, what trends are happening, and figure out what the, the guys that are, are being really successful, what's getting them there. What's, what's the, the secret sauce?
1: Oh, that's awesome. Those, those sound really interesting to me. Um, and, yeah, you guys can check out that. You can check out everything at Wizards Respite. we All of our TTRPG stuff comes out there as well. Um, and it is a great, great website. You cannot cannot say that enough. As far as this podcast is concerned, you can also check this out at Old Man Gaming. You can also check this out on Wizard Dress Bike. Give us both of you from that. And then if you want to listen to it, it is available on iHeartRadio. It is available on Google Cast. It is also uh, available on um, Pocket FM right now. Uh, It might be available on other ones that scrub for third parties. um, But right now, those are the ones that I've been able to get it on. Damn you Spotify podcasters. You ruined my Anchor experience. But uh, but we're, we're working on it, so check that out.